Welcome to the Humanize the Numbers podcast series. Leaders, managers and owners of ambitious accounting firms sharing insights, successes and issues that will challenge you and connect you and your firm to the ways and means of transforming your firm's results. So when we went digital, when we chose QuickBooks Online, we um, onboarded a thousand of them within six months, which was a huge, huge project. Um, but it, it was, I spent the first six months trying to entice everybody to say, guys, this I've got this great, this was in 2017, right? When not that many practices were talking about this. And I was like, guys, I went to QuickBooks Connect. The, the only reason I went to QuickBooks Connect that year was to see how am I going to be compliant for MTD for my clients because that that was it I was not looking for anything else and when I went there just seeing all the different apps what they could do and the different speakers and obviously you were one of them and I remember sitting in the audience like oh my god what are we doing we're so behind we could change our practice completely and our service offering and just make it so much more interesting for everybody so for me that's when the my the, the light bulb <laughs> turned on in my head. Leading and managing change in an accounting firm can be frustrating, it can be difficult, it can be challenging, and yet you're about to hear from an accountancy firm from Ariona Baracotai, who has transitioned, her and her team have transitioned a thousand clients from one way of doing bookkeeping to a cloud accounting way of doing bookkeeping in just six months. A thousand clients in six months. Change, radical change is possible in an accountancy firm. Ariona is going to describe what she did, how she did it, partly thanks to her experience of working with an accounting firm since she was 13. <laughs> Get that. Let's go to that podcast discussion now. My name is Ariona Barakorde. I'm the Managing Director of Majors Accounts & Co, which is a small family-run practice based in South East London. We've been going since 2006 and we have a team of 19 with 1,600 clients. Wow. Okay. And um, if we were to get, all right, personally, Ariana, what a bit of background about you as an individual as well and your role in the firm and um, what you do outside sure. of uh, the practice as well would be good. Yeah. So I started at the practice uh, at the age of 13. Um, not by choice <laughs> yeah <laughs> so to give a little bit of background of the firm as well and the history of the firm so my dad started it up he was working um elsewhere at the time and he started this after work and his background is he used to be a major in the albanian army so change of career <laughs> yeah big and one. he set up an accountancy practice called it majors accounts Wow. He was major in Hence the, the name. I was wondering yeah. that. Right. <laughs> and um, at the time when he first started up, you know, as with any business owner, you don't know kind of how you're going to do. Um, I started work, and I was his part-time bookkeeper. But obviously, at the age of 13, I was there every weekend, Saturdays right. and Sundays, because he was working seven days a week. Right. Um, my mum then also joined, and that's kind of how we built up the practice. But yeah, from the age of 13, I was there. Every holiday, every weekend, every possible day that could have could have been off, I was there. And I, I actually joke with my dad now. I, I say to him, at the time, I used to say, oh, I've got homework to do. I've got this to do. I can't come into work. And he was like, I'm not telling you not to do your homework. I'm saying you've got to do your homework. You've got to come to work. And you've got to organize yourself to fit everything in. Wow. So from the age of 13, I've been working and studying 
yeah. nonstop. And uh, when it came time to go to uni at 18, I, obviously I was going to go into accountancy, right? Because I'd already been doing this for five <laughs> years. You know, I was doing bankrupts at, at the age of 15. Yeah. Um, and it, it was a decision of shall I go to uni or shall I go straight to ACCA to get my professional qualification? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, you'd go to ACCA. Why would you waste time with uni? It'd be yeah. fine. I went straight to ACCA and the jump was obviously huge. Um, It was a very difficult journey, but I got through ACCA. I had my daughter as well at this time. I was quite young. Um, And then whilst I was in the last few exams of ACCA, I thought, let me just do a master's at the same time. Like you do. Yeah, like Like you do. do. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, baby, Uh, just, yeah, all of that. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. And working full-time, by the way, as well. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't stop working whilst I was studying. Um, but, yeah, I got my ACCA and my master's at the same time. And because I'd been used to always working and studying, when I finished this, I was like, what am I doing with my life? Am I only going to go to work? What do I do at the weekends? Mm. <laughs> so I started um, another degree. It was a master's in law because I actually really wanted to do law when I was younger. Right. Uh, so I found this as kind of my bridge between law and accountancy. So I did um, international banking and finance law. Um, I got my, my master's in that. And then again, I was in the same situation. I was like, what do I do? do no. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? So um, Clearly I tried... get bored easily, Ariel. No, Literally. Sort of... yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not used to not do, you know, doing yeah, just not one thing. Busy. Or... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I applied, for me, it was more like a, a joke. I'm never going to get in, but I applied to Oxford. It's a dream that I always right. had. Okay. Never thought I'd get in, but I was like, the worst they can say is no. So I applied and I got a response to say that you have a place. Wow. I was like, oh no, what do I do now? I've got to go. I can't say no. And I couldn't, obviously, I was super excited. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, I did a, strategic, a postgraduate diploma in strategic finance, which was an amazing experience. But this was, again, at the same time um, with having my daughter, running the business, growing the business, transforming it. And I also do property development on the side. So I absolutely <laughs> of you love do. it. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> um, so I think with the property development and, and the, the kind of passion that I've had with this is similar to what I've done with the business because I took over the business in 2019 officially, although I had been working two years before that to transform it into a digital firm. Um, I think the idea of taking something completely, you know, getting rid of it, <laughs> Uh, yeah. to the ground and then starting from step one hmm. um, is something that I found that I, I actually really love um, hmm. and, and it's projects like this like the property development and kind of like what I did with the business you know it, it's now a completely different business to what it was five years ago for hmm. example so Amazing. that's some of my journey <laughs> I'm exhausted now it's like <laughs> okay so uh, I mean I, I, I want to there's all sorts already in what you've shared that I, I want to dive into. Um, but before we get to that, what does, to you, given your experience from 13 to now and uh, multiple qualifications, property portfolio, uh, transformed accounts and business from old school to digital school, uh, what does the phrase humanise the numbers actually mean to you? Um, I think it's of translating what the numbers mean in real life so I kind of you can get this in in all areas of life right but if I use the example of at work with our clients and their businesses 
if you give them a set of numbers, they look at it like, well, that's Chinese to me kind of thing. I, I don't mm -hmm. know what it means. There are accountants that have difficulty kind of translating what, what that means, but it, it's showing them in real terms, what do these figures mean? How can you use these to make um, strategic decisions, uh, to make a difference to your business, to your life, whatever it might be? Hmm. Okay, so um, if you as uh, an accountant, your firm, your team as an accountancy firm, uh, the expert at numbers, you're saying that humanise the numbers means, right, have those numbers really mean something to your client? That's your responsibility, not theirs. Your responsibility to facilitate them making decisions. Have I understand that right? Exactly that, because we need to translate it for them. What does this mean for them, actually? What's happened in their business? Because a set of numbers, well, there are a set of numbers, but you, you really need to transform that and say, right, based on this is how your business has done. These are the opportunities these are where the pitfalls during the year. What could we do now to plan for the for the future? Mm. Um, that that's something that I believe accountants are best placed to do and are required to do if we're going to make the real difference to our clients. And I think that with um, the world changing, this is what businesses are expecting of us. Mm. Maybe ten, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, it was a case of you know ensure that we've got everything submitted. And that's it. Um, but now they do want to know a lot more because information and data is key to, oh. to their decision making and how they transform their businesses. Mm, interesting. Uh, the reason I say that is I'm, I'm in the middle of a, a dialogue at the moment with a, a firm that we work with for a number of number of years, uh, three years in fact, um, and the uh, we're having this compliance to advisory. Uh, conversation so we're in a compliance firm really good at compliance but we have to shift so the profession tells us towards yeah. that to use your language the translating of the numbers and facilitating the decision making which is one def one really healthy de definition of advisory um yeah. but they're going yeah but we're really good at uh, compliance and clients want to buy that stuff off us they want to buy payroll and bookkeeping and accounts and management accounts and audit and so on um there's more of an appetite for that than there is of the translation. But what you're saying is you've got evidence that suggests that more and more of your clients more and more often and want more and more insight. Now, where, how do you what, what evidence have you got to support that argument, Ariana? Over the years, we've seen generally kind of how clients have shifted in their businesses and what they want to do and what, what they want for the future. I think in... In one instance, I think that we have been doing this for many years, but it's mm. been disguised within the work, within kind of a conversation of when the client comes to do their year-end tax return, for example, we talk about these kind of things, but it's mm. never been structured. And so it's hidden, and people don't kind of see where the value in this. Um, but as, you know, as I mentioned, as the world is changing, now businesses understand that well we've got the technology to give us the figures and obviously you need accountants to finalize it and so on but now what I understand we have these conversations you could pick up the phone call and say I'm planning to do this would it be good or not that's something that I think we do now anyway but they want something a lot more structured I want to plan for the future for the next five years these are my personal goals mm -hmm. in order to do that how will this translate into my business and what does my business need to do to help me achieve those personal goals. And with us, this is what we're doing. We're working backwards and planning 
helping them plan for the future. And it's making a huge difference. And we're, we're seeing those clients who have more time or, or see the benefits in this, they're a lot calmer, they're a lot happier in both business and personal life. Um, and for us as well, it's great to be able to work with people that have this kind of mindset because it makes our life interesting. And I think as accountants, we work with entrepreneurs on a daily basis in all walks of life. We see why we, we get the we have the privilege of getting the insight of why each person or each entrepreneur runs their business in a certain way. I mean, they could all be the same type of business, but they run it slightly differently because of whatever circumstances they're in. But we then have that knowledge to translate to other industries, other businesses, which could make a huge difference. So why not capitalize on that? We have the knowledge. It's sitting mm. there, but we just don't talk about it enough. Mm. So we have the knowledge. We're not using it often enough when we could, but we don't necessarily have the time to do that because we've not worked that into the equation, the value equation with the client. Yeah, that, I think yeah, there, exactly. therein lies a challenge, isn't there? Because I'm just, yeah. you know, I look at your numbers. You've got 19 team members serving 1,600 clients. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a massive ratio in terms of client care and advisory. It's like, well, how do you make that work? Well, actually, you'd be surprised. Two years ago, before the pandemic started, we were on just over 2,000 clients with right, a okay. similar amount of staff. Now, what I did is um, I think the pandemic for us was a huge like wake-up call. Right. It was, what are we doing? Why are we working with certain people? Because we had certain issues where uh, our team or even my parents, because obviously it's a family-run practice, yeah. they were ill for five weeks and they could not get out of bed. I've never seen them like this. This is people who work seven days a week for 14 years, right? Um, so they wouldn't be laying down <laughs> unless they yeah, literally yeah, yeah. have got no choice. Yeah. So we had some clients where they were like, I don't care how ill they are. I need a phone call back right now. And that for, for us was a, a kind of a, a spark that was like, right, this is it. Why are we working mm -hmm. in these kind of kind of situations? We don't want to be working with people who are like that. We want to work with people who appreciate what we're doing. We are then able to help them. So mm -hmm. I kind of went on a on a rampage <laughs> and I sent, <laughs> sent out about 400 disengagement letters in two years. Um, but it just means that we now have so much more time for the clients who are actually good, who are happy to pay, who pay us on time. And I think it's that 80-20 rule, right? 20% of the clients um, cause 80% of the issues. Well, we've got rid of that 20% and now we have so much time to just pick up the phone call, phone, sorry, and call our clients and say, hi, how are you doing? Just those kind of conversations make such a difference. One, the client sees that we actually do care. Um, it helps to build the relationship. And two, we come out with a whole list of actionable points that we can assist our clients with. And with, with these instances, our clients weren't aware that we could help them with whatever issues or requirements they had. And we weren't aware that they were having those issues. So this is the only way to, to really strengthen that relationship and see how we can do more for those clients who actually appreciate the work that, that we're doing for them. So it has made a huge difference and the team obviously are a lot happier. They're not having to deal with as many clients as before. Um, so it, it gives them the chance to really build that relationship and enjoy their work a lot more, I would say. Brilliant, brilliant. So how do you, for the life of me, humanely, you know, humanise the numbers and, and, and exit 400 clients in two years? 
<laughs> how do you do that in a gracious, humane way? Or was it just a case of disengage, disengage, don't care what you think? I, you know, what, what was the... How, how did you set it, about such a... Ariana, the reason... I can't tell you how often I've been in a room with an account, a set of leaders from an accounting firm and they're going, we haven't got the capacity to do what we want to do. We, we've, got, yeah. we've got growth, but we can't take it because we can't deliver it. We know our clients need to have more attention, but we can't give it to them because we haven't got capacity. And yeah. then, then I'll have a conversation about them where you've got this whole raft of clients who treat you like, um, I'm, I'm avoiding the swear word, uh, yeah. treat you with disdain, let's say, or yeah. with a lack of respect. And yeah. you're willing to put up with that rather than exit them, create some space and grow the firm the way you want to grow the firm. Uh, but because they've been attached to those clients for four years or 14 years, they never quite make it. How did you do it? It, it was super difficult because a lot of these clients that I um, disengaged with, they were long-standing clients. And they were clients who, <laughs> when my dad found out, he was like, what are you doing? You can't get get rid of those. You know how long I've built up those relationships. <laughs> you can't do this. You're going to destroy my business if you yeah, if you do this. Yeah, we had yeah. that phrase along the along the whole yeah. line of going digital yeah, yeah. and everything. But <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it was, it was a, a couple of ways. Um, increase in fees where we saw that we were doing so much work for people and getting paid peanuts compared to someone that we do less work and they're happy to pay us. Um, so that, that was one. Another was if they're not kind of working with us, if they're not providing us with paperwork, it was usually those that did that then came back and said, came back and said, well, why, why are you leaving things to the last minute? Or we had just to give you an example. We had one client who straight after the year end, we called him and said, year end is up we've sent you an email we just want to give you a quick call to remind you please can you send us all this paperwork so we can get everything done as soon as possible he said why are you calling me now it's way too early we've got nine months okay so we sent him an email every month anyway as a reminder we get to two weeks before the year end and at this point we're like please 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 we're struggling and he wants a meeting with me because he said this service is actually really bad that it's been left to the last minute uh-huh. yeah so these kind of clients it, it was it was a case of why are we trying? We've spent so many hours anyway just chasing that paperwork as much as we would yeah, have actually done the work. Yeah, which isn't in the, the fee. Yeah, it's not built into the fee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, for those, it was a case of, listen, it's just not working out with each other. We've tried everything that we can. Um, but it is important to have that conversation because I didn't want to leave things in a bad, yeah. kind of leave a bad taste in in, um, in their mouth or ours. But it's showing them that we are serious in how we're working and how we're changing. And if they were ever to come back to us, they know what to expect. Mm. They're not coming back with the same conditions. We will accept mm. them. Mm. I have no kind of, I don't have enemies. We will accept people as long as they know what to expect. Yeah. What the rules of engagement that. are, what the rules are. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, but, but yeah, it was difficult. And I know speaking to so many accountants, they're like, no, I can't get rid of them. I can't send out the disengagement letter. It, it was a really bold move. But mm. I think that everyone is just happier for it, including the, the existing clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're getting a better service than they were before. Exactly. Yeah. So are you saying you had a conversation with every one of the 400 that you disengaged with? I tried to. I tried to, uh, with obviously those that we said we're going to increase the fee, Mm. um, it it was quite simple uh, with them. Some of them, it was an email, some of it was a conversation where they said, no, it's not good enough, I'll have to go elsewhere. And I was like, well, you know, we're all in business, whatever works best for you, works best for you. We can't justify any, you know, continuing Mm. with this fee. 
Um, but with those that were kind of complaining, and th- I think it's important to have those conversations. But this was over two years, yeah, so yeah. it wasn't something that was done kind of all, really, really quickly. But um, yeah, yeah, we but tried to re- speak to all of them essentially. Sure, but with, with respect, four hundred divided by two is two hundred. Even I can do that one. And then <laughs> if there's if there's fifty weeks in the year, fifty into two hundred is four. So that's on average four conversations a week exiting a client. Sounds like it could undermine your confidence and could undermine oh, your peace of mind and all sorts of things. I mean, absolutely. Throughout the whole process, I was like, "What am I doing? <laughs> what, if, what if? What if this is going to go really wrong?" wrong. Right. Uh, but as I've done for the last five years, it was a case of, on paper, it makes sense. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just going to stick with it and hope that you know it will work out like like a mathematical equation if you want yeah, to call yeah. it that yeah, it, it yeah. should make sense um and unfortunately i haven't i haven't had kind of a coach or someone who's done this before mm. um so because my dad only has only ever grown the business <laughs> he's never thought of kind of honing it in and, sure, and sure, sure. getting rid of some people so sure. um it was a case of i'm gonna try it mm. you're never gonna know if you don't try and if we carry on like this we're gonna lose staff we're going to lose the good clients. We're going to be stuck with those that complain all day and don't want to pay us. We'll get into overtrading, and then where do we go? Hmm. It's a it's a big downside risk, isn't it? If um, if, if you go into that space, so yeah. I'm I'm curious as to what the driver that enabled you to stick to your knitting, as my mum would say, around this <laughs> brave decision. You know, was it the fear of the potential risk and downside that you just described, or was there something else at play? I just I just wanted a different firm, if I'm honest. I wanted a firm that was a lot more personable because we started off as, as a family-run practice and I don't I didn't want to lose that element of being close to our clients and treating we have this um kind of culture of treating each other like family, both the team and the clients. Because I, I hear a lot of business owners say, Oh, gotta go see my accountant today. I don't want that kind of relationship. I want them to be able to come to us with any issue they have. I mean, we've come, people, clients have come to us in, in the past with issues that have got nothing to do with accountancy, but they were comfortable to speak to us because we, in our network, we were able to help them find a solution. I mean, mm. even things like a, a divorce, <laughs> which again has got nothing to do with us, but... And it, everything. They, yeah, but they felt comfortable. Mm. That's what I want to keep that kind of relationship. I don't want to turn it into a corporate um, place where we only talk about this and I don't want to know, I don't want to get involved in your personal issues because I think you need to understand what's going on in their personal lives to to see what's going on in their business because the, the two are, are linked. Um, so my my kind of, I'm quite stubborn. <laughs> I am my, my father's daughter. So he I say, it's your fault you raised me like this. But when I get something in my head, I like to take it kind of to the end, see it through. Brilliant. And Brilliant. and hope, you know, in my mind, I've done all the that scenarios, of, I thought of all the scenarios of what could go wrong, what could go well. If it does go wrong, how can yeah, I yeah. kind of resolve this as much as I can? And then yeah. there's only one way to find out, and that's to try it. Right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So has, has the firm therefore experienced a, a, um, a drop-off in revenue for those two years where you've exited the 400? It did. It did. We're feeling that at the moment. However, um, what we've done is we're now getting at picking and choosing clients that are coming in. We've seen a huge in the last, I'd say, four or five months mm. influx of leads. And mm. w- those leads, first of all, the quality is very different. 
they're coming to us ready to work in how we work. I don't have to necessarily give them the sales pitch of we're digital. You can speak to us from wherever, <clears throat> sorry, in the world. And they already kind of know what to expect. And fees are very different. And they're happy to work with us in the way that we want to work. Mm. Um, so, you know, by just to give you an idea, we're taking on one client that was worth four of the old clients. So uh, uh, drop-off in revenue, yep. uh, painful, um, yep. but, but not mission-critical painful. Um, no. But the upside benefit is you're happier, more confident about the future of the firm. Uh, you've reduced the risk of your team getting hacked off and leaving. Um, and all of a sudden there seems to be this influx of uh, higher quality clients, maybe because your reputation has shifted and the firms that the clients that are receiving a higher grade service from you guys are recommending you. That's me jumping to some big conclusions. But well, have, yeah. have I interpreted that in, in an appropriate way or just put words in your mouth? <laughs> no, no, I think that that's exactly kind of what's been happening. Um, even those clients that have left us, and mm. gone elsewhere, they're still recommending us and saying majors are great. It's just that they want you to work like in X, Y, Z way. They're in slightly way. more expensive as what you know the service we're getting now. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. at least you know when you go there, you mm. get the service that you pay for. Right. So if you need something sorting out and you want peace of mind, mm. that's where you go. So mm. if anything, they're almost filtering out <laughs> the mm. clients that approach us as well. Yeah. Um, so they're helping out with that as well. Um, yeah. But but I think it, it has changed. And I think with the future, with MTD for income tax and things like that, yeah. I, I did want to make some space because we are so ready for right. it. Mm. And I know there's so many firms out there are not yet. I want to leave some capacity for us to be able to take on those clients that will not know what, what they need to do but are willing to learn yeah, yeah, we're yeah. here to help them out so yeah, yeah. It, it's just we're working ahead two years ahead um but fingers crossed <laughs> that it will work out when you say you're working two years ahead what what exactly do you mean um so creating that capacity um training our staff uh on uh, you know ensuring that they know exactly what they need to do refining our processes so that when mtd for income tax does um, become legislation we're ready we're expert we know exactly what we need to do and we have capacity to take on you know a good amount of clients especially as one person will need to have five times the amount of work as mm. we do now for that same individual um, so it, it's just ensuring that that we are ready for them mm. interesting I'm, I'm going into a firm next week and they're uh, what Seven and a half million pound turnover firm, and um, the, uh, I've had uh, conversations with the business owners, only two business owners, and uh, they've categorically stated that um, they go hunting for capacity in order to fuel the growth of the firm. So, outsourcing is one route, technology is another route, because, like you, they are saying the value perception in their clients is in the relationship, personal approach to doing what needs to be done. Um, yeah. There's a, a, a chap called Scott Heath's on another podcast. So if, if you're listening to this and you want to you know, hear one of the fastest growing firms talk about how do you grow fast, he says capacity comes before growth, which is virtually what you're saying here yeah. as well. Um, yeah. 
and you want by the sounds of it always want to have some of it there because that enables you to adapt and embrace the changes which i think is fantastic exactly you need you need a little bit of room to pivot <laughs> as yeah. and when needed i think yeah, that's something yeah. that we've learned because we were getting to a point where we honestly were struggling to service all the clients that we had and i don't want to be in that situation again because obviously your service level is going to be hit when you get to that point mm. and i really don't like for people to say they're not happy with the level of service because i know that we've been and of our reputation has been on the quality of service that we've always provided mm. so that's something that i want to keep and i want to be out one of our main selling points essentially um, mm. with clients brilliant brilliant so uh I still want to uh, dig a little bit deeper in terms of what are the um, service standards, client care standards that you've set that your clients are expecting from you, your team, your firm, Ariona? Because that's, you know, there's, we can, it's still easy to talk about, you know, make it personal and be relationship driven. But there's, you know, what are the standards in and around that that your team have to uphold so that the expectations of your clients are either met or surpassed? Um, for our team, it's ensuring, one, that if a client calls, you call them back. Obviously, each client has their own relationship manager. Traditionally, it used to be either my dad or myself, but obviously that's not something that you can sustain if you want to grow. Mm -hmm. So it's ensuring that the team are able to build those relationships with each client so they have someone that they can speak to. Secondly, if the client calls you, make sure you call them back within the same day. Um, just because you never know what they could be calling from. Nine times out of ten, it may be for something that's not urgent, but no. one, they know that, yeah, okay, they're listening to me, but it could be for something really important that could be life-changing, which they've left at the last minute. And what we do can kind of determine what happens, like things for visas, mortgages, whatever, yeah, going yeah, yeah. to court, whatever it yeah. could be. could make Large or small, but there's uh, there's a panic on and you, uh, you, you, you exactly. maintain, the, maintain the relationship, you maintain the trust. Yeah, I get exactly. that. So call, call them back, call them back fast, call them back the same day. Yeah. Um, it, it's also ensuring that we listen to them for, as I mentioned, any kind of issues that we have and see, let me say to them, let me see if I can assist with that. Obviously, our team might not know how to do that but they'll come to us and we can find out if there is something that we can do for mm. them. So all of this kind of helps that that um, building that relationship. And then when it comes to quality of service, one thing that I make very clear to clients is we are here, we're not going anywhere because I've they've we've had clients come from all kinds uh, of accountants or they've had all kinds of experiences. And a lot of them think that, you know, once we do the work, we take our hands off and it's got nothing to do with us. If you get investigated, that's your issue, not ours. Mm -hmm. So one thing we say is if I'm doing this work for you, I'm confident that it is accurate because we have certain like level of checks and processes in place to ensure it's correct. However, if you get an investigation, if it turns out that something is wrong or whatever, we are here to represent you because we're confident in what we do. Um, yes, I'll say to them, we're not going to leave you in the lurch and, and you handle it because it's got nothing to do with us no I've done that work and I'm proud of what I do and I will stand up for myself not because I'm standing up for you but I'm standing up for myself and what I have done because it is my reputation on the line mm. and when you say that to them it mm. gives them this automatic sense of safety security that whatever happens they're not alone 
Um, and, and if there is an issue, human error, you know, they could, it could happen, but we will answer to that. Mm. As long as we say to them, as long as you are open with us and you've told us all of the information that we need to know, mm. we will assist you to ensure that, you know, you're on the right side of the law. Yeah, we've got you back, as it were. Yeah, yeah. essentially. But I think that's one of the things that gives them all peace of mind. Because right. I say to them, I want to sleep easy at night. I know you do, but mm. I want two more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and in yeah. order for me to sleep easy, you know, I will be putting th- certain things into place to make sure mm. that you're sleeping easy as well. Mm. Okay, so we've got call them back, call them back fast, call them back the same day. We've got listen to them, because it's not just about... Being on the phone to listen to, and yeah. then all issues, not just financial accountancy issues. And then third, make every client very, very clear in their own hearts and minds that you've, you've got their back. You're there to um, look after them should HMRC or the VAT office or company's house or whatever you step in and want to uh, cause them some grief. Yeah. Um, so forgive the criticism, Ariana. They are brilliant and they're all reactive. Mm-hmm. So... If something happens, you're there. But if something doesn't happen, so you, it, it seems to me if that if it was only that, and I'm, I don't think it is just those three, but if it was only those three and a client didn't ring you, you'd only end up having a conversation with them at best once a year. Yeah, no. Obviously, in terms of during the year, once we get the paperwork in, and this is something that I guess we didn't do as much before we became digital because we didn't have the time or capacity Mm. but now as we get information in real time we're able to put everything together and where we see something that doesn't make sense um, it could be we are missing information it could be that there's something wrong going on in the business but that's where we then call them in whether it's for a phone call whether it's coming because we need to discuss this are we missing something um, or are things actually kind of the way that we see them um Mm. So that's something that we do on a regular basis, at least quarterly. With some clients, we do that monthly, depending on how often um, they want that contact. But that is from kind of our side, letting them know, you know, what you need to be wary of. It could be that they're they're working in a certain way or collecting information in a way that's incorrect. And it's letting them know where to spot areas where things could possibly go wrong or where they could be open to HMRC kind of doing mm. whatever they want, essentially, Do, yeah, yeah, <laughs> with yeah, their business. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what I've heard, and put me right if I've, if I've misinterpreted, is you using the digital records that your clients are, or you are, are, are building for them towards generating a set of management accounts or, or annual accounts and using that data. So if you see something that's missing or something that doesn't look quite right as a trigger to yep. get in touch with that client. Yeah, exactly. And and your focus is either that's going to happen monthly for some clients, quarterly for others. Is that the minimum service standard? There's a quarterly interaction. Um, quarterly, yes. As long as we get the paperwork. Obviously, there are some clients that you know they're not going to give it to you. So we we make them aware that you know if we don't have the information, we can't advise you yeah, yeah. Um, along the way on what you need to be doing. But generally, we have moved everyone onto real time. Um, kind of data processing and bookkeeping so where we see information coming in it could be something as simple as they've taken a picture of a receipt but actually it's not receipt it's not a receipt and it's not relevant to the business Mm. Um, so that's just us calling them just a reminder you've uploaded this I don't think it's relevant why did you think it's relevant because it could be and we just 
it, it could be something that's an anomaly to the business. As simple as. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's letting, reminding them, by the way, don't use the business card for this. Don't use this because it's not an expense and so on. So it could be something as simple as that, but it's yeah, allowing yeah, yeah. us to be proactive and reminding them of something so they don't continue and we find out a year later. Yeah, that you've got uh, yeah, a, a whole bag of spanners to unravel if I can mix, yeah. mix me metaphors. Um, okay, so we've got call them out in 24 hours, listen to all of their issues, um, make them very aware that make them very aware that you've got their back you're looking there to uh, protect them give them that peace of mind to use your language and um uh assess their quickbooks file zero file whatever you prefer that your, your quickbooks firm yeah, you? quickbooks yeah, only quick, quick, yeah yeah cool um so quickbooks in order to uh trigger prompt stimulate an interaction with a client about something on their file their accounts or whatever um exactly Brilliant. Um, do you have KPIs that track and measure the performance of your team in terms of that quarterly interaction with every client? Um, at the moment, we don't. We're currently actually enforcing that. Um, enforcing it. Enforcing. <laughs> We're putting it. Uh, <laughs> that sound like sure Yeah, I'm not sure it's the right word. Um, but we are, we've just taken on a practice management solution, which we didn't have. And uh, I think a lot of firms kind of, us I guess me making a mistake when going digital is I should have started off with that but when you're kind of going digital you don't know what to take on first Um, but if I was to do it again I'd start off with that because it allows you to then grow in a much more structured way but it also allow you to give you insights into what the business is doing and KPIs and how the team are doing uh, to give me especially that bird's eye view yeah, this is what's going to, I think, be a game changer just to make sure that there isn't anybody who's dropped off yeah. of, of that list or, or what we've what we're trying yeah, to achieve. You don't drop um, any balls and you can keep everything coordinated and organized. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Which, which, just just out of interest, which which uh, which model, which uh, practice yeah, so have you gone for? We went for Onco. Um, okay. I reviewed so many different yeah. uh, ones out there, all, all the, the typical ones that everyone knows, but. Onco is one that not many people know about, but the reason we went ahead with it as a firm um, was because it allows us to really be flexible and run the firm how we want to run it. We're not kind yeah. of stuck in, in, a, in a way where we have to follow the system. Right. It gave me the reporting that I wanted. It allowed me to communicate to the clients in bulk by text messaging because we found that's the best way <laughs> to actually mm. get responses from our clients. Mm. But But it was more the fact that we can actually run it how run our practice exactly how we want to brilliant brilliant so uh, one more piece before i then turn our attention to your team um we've still got 1600 clients and only 19 people in the team and we've got a quarter what looks like a quarterly minimum quarterly interaction with every client possibly more depending on what's going on from a bookkeeping vat point of view um it sounds still to me sound like an awful lot of clients for the number of team members you've got um and you're saying it the what, what dominates your firm's approach is this personal relationship driven approach to the accountancy practice so i, I still can't quite square that <laughs> circle which if you can help me with that one yeah. great please of course um work? To be honest, the technology has helped us massively. So five years ago, we were keying in bags of paperwork into Excel 
not even you know any other kind of software so it was very yeah, very yeah. basic um but now with the technology kind of allowing clients to send us information in a more structured way where we are able to analyze it pretty quickly put it into the system the system helps to kind of bring out the figures and where they're kind of more more analyzing and correcting yeah. we're not doing data entry anymore um, so that has been a massive time saver and that's allowed us to make that difference for the clients as well and to allow us to give us give them the information on a more regular basis. Um, so I, I, it does it does seem like a lot, but I have to say it is the technology that's helped massively. But I guess also in the process of changing the practice, um, what I did is I split the practice into three departments Right. So based on industry of our clients. So there there are three departments, a team for, for each one, and that team, each team has built up kind of a specialism. They know all the ins and outs of a particular client in that industry. Mm. Whereas before, the way that we were structured, any staff member would take on any piece of work. And when you think about that, before you start a piece of work, you have to think, okay, what industry is this? Mm. Let me just shift from what I was doing a second ago because that, that could have been construction, for example. Now I'm working on a restaurant. They work in a completely different way. What were the rules again? What am I allowed for this one? What am I not allowed? Yeah, yeah, How yeah. does it work? Yeah. So all of these things have been eliminated. Um, mm. And for the team as well, they like the fact that they're getting more into the the, the detail of each mm. industry and mm. becoming more specialized. And they know exactly um, what they're talking about for that particular industry. But that doesn't mean that they don't get exposure to other mm. departments because I didn't want to Just limit them. By. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there are instances where one department, someone could be on holiday, someone else could be sick, and they're down two, three team members, for example, and we would pull help from other departments to assist. So they still get that exposure to other kind of businesses as well. Mm. Um, but I think this also helped to identify uh, – well, to help to help ensure that we work in a more efficient way. But actually, for us, it was a main exercise because one of the departments we found, um, we, we were working lots and the, the money wasn't there. So when we did this exercise, we found one of the departments was lost making by £10,000 a month for mm. us. Mm. And one, of, that, one of the three teams, one of the three yeah, departments. Yeah, one of the three teams, yeah. So for us, it was a decision of if we get rid of all of those clients in that department, we're still better off by £10,000 a month. Yeah, as long <laughs> or, as the team aren't there as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or um, we increase their fees. Whoever yeah. stays, stays. And whoever goes, goes at the end of the day. For us, we'll still be in a better position. Now, in that team, there were about 200 companies. I think five left. All of the others, we tripled their fees and they stayed. And they and do you know what their response was, the client's? They said, well, it's not my, I don't set your fees. You told me to pay that much. I'm not going to say, no, I want to pay you more. Mm. <laughs> so um, that has kind of helped structure us in many things. One for fees, working more efficiently, the team becoming more specialized uh, and kind of learning more about different industries. And I guess it's helping us to be able to manage that workload, as you mentioned, with 1,600 clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See. So, of 200 clients in that department, that department you triple the fees overnight? Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> over 12 months, well, call it over 12 months uh, for the sake of argument. Well, to be honest, it, it, was, a, it was within a month 
if I'm honest. <laughs> that's overnight, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much overnight because yeah, I, I just didn't see how we could continue or justify what we were doing. Those losses, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I just thought we need to do something because we can't right. continue working as a charity, essentially, for all of those clients. Well, worse than <laughs> it's a, it's a charity, that's going to go out of us, that is, isn't it? By uh, exactly. anyone's definition, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so 200 clients, triple the fees, five leave. Uh, so actually, you know, the conversation earlier about increasing fees as a strategy for exiting clients doesn't work very well based on that experience, does it? In, in that instance, it didn't. Right. Okay. <laughs> but this was just before the pandemic um, right. that I did this about a year or so before the pandemic that I did right, this right, exercise. Right. Yeah. Um, but I guess people valued our service. More and we didn't did. value our service. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Which, quite frankly, Ariona, is 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 a is a fundamental issue across an awful lot of firms. Yeah, is that um, they don't value themselves and the work they do and the difference they make high enough to feel comfortable with charging an appropriate high value fee. Uh, it's um, it's amazing. Absolutely, um, and and one thing that I'd say that what that we've changed is. Traditionally, anyone that would walk into the office, we'd say, yeah, we'll take you on. Whatever. Whatever you like. You yeah. Two arms, two legs, two eyes and a wallet. Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, mm. Whereas now, we're, we've switched roles. Mm. If we decide to take someone on, so we think they're the right fit, we say, now we're going to review this for about three months. If within three months, we're not working well together, as in how we've set out, these are our roles, these are your roles... If we're not keeping that, then we'd rather part ways there than get to a point where you're not happy with the service and we're not happy because we don't have the information that we need to provide you the service that you're looking for. Let's just stop it there um, because clearly it's not working. Mm. Now, just that has got Mm. people thinking, well, why would these people turn us away? Mm. We're customers. We're going to pay them. We're coming with money Mm -hmm. to say we're going to pay you this. And they're saying that we might get rid of you if you don't work in that way Mm. they automatically they think they must be really confident in what they're doing to be able to speak like this Mm. so it's actually helped (laughs) if anything in in ensuring that they do work how we say stunning stunning it's a a very strong positioning uh, statement isn't it Um, yeah Especially, you know, if you, you you follow through, and I guess that's got to be connected with you. You've mentioned real time bookkeeping, yeah. accountancy. Um, is that a real thing? Real time. It is, as long as the client um, provides it in real time. So, if the client sends us something today, tomorrow somebody will look in, into it. If they don't send us something, obviously we're not going to look into it. We encourage them to to do so, but if they are, then it allows us to build that picture slowly, slowly of of the information that we need and yeah. the systems are there in place if you have the processes in place you you can actually do this this was something that i said to my dad five years ago and he was like no way no chance when mm. are we going to have the time to do that and we, we'd need 50 people to do what you're saying there's no way mm. we can do that and uh, we mm. don't have capacity and mm. and i said well i think we can but it will take some time but mm. i that would be my dream to get there just because it means that we can eliminate a lot of issues along the way now rather than mm. a year later when everyone is frustrated and yeah, yeah. they can't find the information. They don't remember, for example. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the issues that I think all accountants deal with at the year end. Mm. Oh, we need this. Well, I don't have it. I don't even remember what you're asking me. 
So I wanted to eliminate all of that and just make our job as well more enjoyable. You know, when we get to the end, we say, this is what it is. We have all the information we need. We need nothing else from you. We're ready to go and to do whatever's needed, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that... uh... I think that's more important now. It's always been important, always will be important. But the, the emphasis there, I think what you're saying, Ariona, is that we've got to create a working environment and processes and systems for working so that our team enjoy it. Yeah. And then they'll stay with us. And if we can exactly. create a stable team and appeal to other recruits because we're behaving with such high standards, yeah. then because the capacity as we've already agreed in this conversation is a limiter or a supporter of growth if you haven't got the capacity you can't grow if you have you can um and you know reducing team churn and making it um your firm more able to recruit is 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 jugular so let's use that as a segue a transition to what does humanize the numbers mean for your team in your view a good question what would it mean for my team i'd hope that it would mean the same (laughs) the Hmm. same as what um as as what i would like it to mean because it's something that i speak to them regularly about they need to know the vision of the firm and where we're going um it's a good question i've never thought about that (laughs) it's about uh, just to give you time to think there's your, your team are working in an accountancy firm. The accountancy firm is good with numbers. It's good with the technology that generates the numbers. And yes, we've, we've had that conversation about personalising it for clients so that it's more human for clients. What, 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 how do you, in a numbers business, create a human work setting environment so that they're fully engaged? You know, they're bringing discretionary effort to the work they're doing. They don't just come in, do a job, go home. Yeah, I mean, I think that for us, that's been something that we've tried to build from the start with with culture mm-hmm. more, more than anything else and um, how we are with each other. We are family. With any issues that they have, they come to us. I really don't like the corporate feel, as I mentioned, with clients, but with the team either. I want us to be able to have that relationship, to be open, and for them to also have the opportunity to give suggestions um, this is one thing that we've had from from the start where I, I have said we run things in a certain way because we think that that's the best way to run it. For mm. Over the years of experience, we've refined processes. However, things change, clients change. If there is something that you think would work better, please, by all means, come and suggest whatever it might be that you think and the reasons for it. Let's put it out there. Let's see. It, we may not be able to implement everything that you've said, but maybe a part of it can fit in really well and replace something that we're doing at the moment. So allowing them to have that opportunity to, to speak up and, and make change in the practice, I, I'd hope that that would make it a workplace that they want to be in. They're not just being told work this way and that's it. Like, you know, having blinkers on, you're not allowed to, to think outside the box. Mm. Um, so I'm hoping that that would make a difference. Mm-hmm. Hoping. I'm hoping, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that is something, I think that it's something that they have seen as well because in practice, ever since, although we have kind of assumed that this is what they would think, mm. um, we didn't really get very many suggestions. It was when I started to talk about it and say, guys, I want your input. Tell me, what works, what do you like? 
What don't you like? We're doing things like this, but do you think it could be better? Tell me, because I'm not kind of in the field doing it myself now. I'm doing focusing other things. So you tell me what would make you work better or make your job more enjoyable or more efficient or, or so on. And we've I have seen so many kind of suggestions, which we have, I have to say, put the majority of them into practice. Mm-hmm. And it has made a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're working how they want, essentially not how we're telling them to. Yeah, they, they've contributed to the change, so they own the change, so they feel as though they're doing it the way... Well, and they have. They're, they're doing it the way they, in inverted commas, want to. There's always a better oh. way, isn't there? It does sound yeah. as though, Ariana, that you've created a business that's embracing change despite resistance from uh, our uh, parents. Now, I've, I've worked in that environment too because I worked with my father <laughs> for 12 years, and, uh, you know... Dad, we've got to put three option pricing in and we've got to radically change. No, no, that won't work. We'll lose all our clients. You know, all of those conversations, not dissimilar to the ones you've been having. Um, But also what occurs to me is that you could easily uh, come across as quite a scary boss. Mm -hmm. Have you got any sense that, you know, this amazingly (laughs) educated, driven, workaholic um, uh, uh, managing director of this accountancy firm is, you know, she's saying to us, come with his suggestions and they're going, oh, (laughs) (laughs) how do you overcome that? Because, you know, you've, like I, my, I'm managing director of my business, you're leading your business. So we've got this status thing and and our team, as much as we want it to be, a, we're all in this together piece, yeah. still go, oh, I'm not sure I could chip that in. How do you overcome that that hurdle in your business? Um, that's actually something that came up about two, three years ago with an employee that used to be with us. Because I, I kept saying, come to me, guys. But obviously... I am their boss, right? And although I try to be as kind as possible, I still have to have a certain level of authority because we need to get things done. And when yeah. we're in the workplace, I'm very Your, serious. Yeah, performance numbers have to be hit and so on, yeah. Exactly. However, um, I, I do want them to come to me, but one one of them actually said to me, well, I'd prefer if I could come to somebody else first and if they could communicate that, you know, that to you. So to see kind of but this was at the start i think it's because they weren't sure if i actually meant, meant what i said yes yeah, yeah yeah um so i was like okay that's fine i can appreciate that you may be intimidated or you're not comfortable because this is something you've never done before so i took one of the team members i made them practice manager because they were working in, in an amazing way to be honest and i yeah. trained him up and said i want you to be open with them don't mm act like right you're going to do what I say I want you to tell them that I am here to listen to your views and I will take it to Ariona I know how to communicate it to her but just tell me anything that you want to tell me whether it's personal whether it's business related whatever it is I'm here and we've actually given all the team members a 10 minute kind of meeting each week which is their safe space with the practice manager to just talk about whatever's on their mind it could be I'm really stressed at work. It could be something's going on in my personal life and I may need your support for time off or I'm not sure about X, Y, Z. It could be I'm having an issue with this client because they're not giving me whatever I need. But it, it's there is no structure to that. It's tell me what's on your mind, nothing else. Um, so within those meetings, um, that's where I guess that, that's been the vehicle to get that information to me. Um for the first year or so, it, it was very effective. But now, because they've seen that it's been implemented, 
I think they feel a little bit more comfortable with coming to me as well with suggestions, which I'm like, great, thanks for that. If you think of anything else, let me know, you know. Uh, I'll say we're going to have a meeting. We're going to see, you know, whether it's going to be viable or not and so on. And then let's work together if we can put it into place on, on how best you think we should do it. So it has been a process. It's not been something where, yeah, they've come to me straight away because they really didn't think that this is something I was serious about. But I think having that person in between helped to, to push them, to give me those those opinions. Um, and it has made a difference to the business. And I hope they're more relaxed <laughs> in the workplace and, and know that they will be listened to because they've seen that it has happened. Brilliant. I, I, what also comes through strongly there, Ariana, is you, it, 10 minutes every week. So that's 10 minutes this week, 49 more weeks. That makes it 50 weeks. There's This isn't going away. There's yeah. a seriousness. And then there's the evidence of implementation supports after that. Yes. Um, yeah. I think uh, we, we, the, the way we – one of the cornerstones of the work we do with firms is – uh, if you create uh, a weekly, a number of weekly rhythms, things that happen every week without fail, mm-hmm. in there lies the culture change you want for your business. By the way, yeah. in there lies the performance change you want for your business as well, depending on which right. weekly pieces and structures. So to hear you say, look, 10 minutes every week, every person with a practice manager, just chew the fat. What's going on? Where's, where's the issues? What, you know, how's the dog? What do yeah. I, you know, it's, um, uh, it, it creates what's, What's called the, the the psychologists call it social capital. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the glue, the mortar that holds the bricks together around the performance of the building or the performance of the accounts you practice. If that makes sense, yeah. um, marvelous. So, um, sixteen hundred clients, mm-hmm. all of them on QuickBooks. Yes, everyone. No, 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 no exceptions. No exceptions. So when we went wow. digital, when we chose QuickBooks online, we um, onboarded a thousand of them within six months which was a huge, huge project. Um, but it, it was, I spent the first six months trying to entice everybody to say, guys, this I've got this great, this was in 2017, right, when not that many practices were talking about this. And I was like, guys, I went to QuickBooks Connect. The, the only reason I went to QuickBooks Connect that year was to see how am I going to be compliant for NTD for my clients because that, that was it. I was right. not looking for anything else. And when I went there and just seeing all the different apps, what they could do and the different speakers, and obviously you were one of them. And I remember sitting in the audience like, oh, my God, what are we doing? We're so behind. We could change our practice completely and our service offering and just make it so much more interesting for everybody. So for me, that's when the my the, the light bulb <laughs> turned on in my head. Blew up. <laughs> literally, literally blew up. Um and I went back to the office. I was like, guys, I've got this great idea. I bet they loved everything. you. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I couldn't understand. And when I went on the digital journey, I thought the easiest thing will be the team because they work for us. We tell them what to do. They do it. And that's it, right? That, that's Didn't how like that, I it? was. Uh, not at all. <laughs> Six months of me saying to them, guys, you know, it's really good because you know that we can do this and we can do that. And they're like, can we just put it off to next month because we've got deadlines? I was like, okay, next month. It got to six months. I was getting so frustrated. Um, and I was like, right, guys, this is it. My way or the highway. This is where our business is going to go. If you want to stay with us on this journey, please do. It's going to be a difficult one, but we're going to see so many more benefits at when we come out of it on the other side. If not, 
then unfortunately there is the door because we're not changing our mind. This is what's happening. So we had a team of 20, I think, at that time. We now have four people left who we started with. Wow. So it was a huge shift um, in, in, in terms of what we did. It meant reskilling everyone. And I think one of the biggest issues, obviously people don't like change. I'm a bit of a weirdo. I love change. If I don't have change all the time, then I get really bored. So I guess maybe this is why I thrived in this in this situation. But they saw this as a threat to, well, somebody else is going to come into the practice, no experience, knows how to use technology, and they're going to take over my role. Mm. So it was a misconception. The technology yeah, yeah, is there to exactly. Yeah. It's there to help us. I need your knowledge because mm. the technology is going to get rid of the stuff that doesn't give us any value. But now what I want is to tap into what's in your brain and the experience and the knowledge that you have. Yeah, yeah. But no one else was doing it. So I was just this crazy lady who's come in and like said, let's yes, just destroy Yes, you definitely come across as a bit crazy. It's got to be said. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but I love it. I it's love true. it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. So um, how many clients did you lose? thousand clients transitioned in six months in 2017, did you say? Yeah, but you know what? We didn't lose any because... Um, the way that I did it was I want to sort out our house first before we started communicating to clients. I don't want to say to them, we've got this great system, these apps and so on that's going to help you when I don't know how to use it myself. So, and, and clients never knew what we used. They didn't know if we are using Excel or QuickBooks or Sage or anything like that because they were giving us everything in paper bags, right? So mm-hmm. for them it was irrelevant. Yeah, so I was like, first of relatively all, easy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I was like, guys, let's, get used to it ourselves Mm. once we get used to it then we start introducing clients to it and Mm. and how we're going to be working with them Mm. so i guess uh, easier to shift a paper bag job papers in box job to quickbooks online than it would be to shift someone from sage to quickbooks or zero to quickbooks so now we're living in a space where lots of businesses are already on software or cloud accounting yeah but they can only work with you if they go on to QuickBooks Online. Yes. Uh, more resistance? <laughs> it's kind of a bold move, um, but not. we haven't really had too much resistance because I think businesses are mostly guided by their accountants right. uh, from what we've seen. It's not necessarily a case where they've gone out and evaluated all the different softwares and seen which one is best for them. Mm. Their accountant has said, we use this. They have given them the tools to send them the information. Hmm. And at the end of the day, all of the softwares are almost pretty much the same, you know. But mm-hmm. at the time, I decided to choose just one software because for us to, to go on Zero and QuickBooks and Cashflow and Sage and all of them, it hmm. would have been too much for us to to understand it and give the client as well the option. Which one would you like to go on? They'd be like, I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so um, we I've stuck to this just because... We've become experts in this. We know mm. what we're doing. We know mm. all the ins and outs. Mm. So if you want to join us, you're going to have to use this. We yes. will help with the transition. We will give yeah. you all the free training because for us it's an investment mm-hmm. uh, longer you know, down the line. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that is a requirement. We haven't mm. really had any pushback. Wow. So just, just for my own clarity, the scale of business, what, the, what, what scale of businesses are you working with small and large, that are actually all using QuickBooks Online? 
Um, so we've got businesses from a one-man band mm, to a utility company that's got 50 million turnover. So and you're processing their accounts, bookkeeping, yeah. right, right, okay. Exactly. Okay. So it's um, the scale of businesses are non-issue. It, yeah. No. So mm-hmm. far, it hasn't been. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but but yeah, we found that it works well for all businesses, and there mm. are certain tweaks that you can make with solutions, sure, different sure. add-ons to to make sure that you give them exactly what they need. Yeah. But generally, the the main um, kind of bread and butter apps or app stack that we have mm. is the same. Starts yeah. off the same for everybody. And people can see that on your website, can't you? If it's on your own page. Yeah, Just exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Okay, so so uh, I'm sat with you here, Ariana, chewing the fat over the history of your firm and how you've changed it radically and at periods really fast. Um, uh, so my penultimate question is, so what's next? What's the new piece of change that you're looking to pursue that then makes your firm even more future-proof so that you can thrive even more over the coming two, three to five years? So what we're doing next is um, sending, when we send out, for example, accounts and things like that, we're we're sending out videos as well where Mm -hmm. clients don't have time to come in or we might not have time to see every client as often as we want. Let's quickly record something, send it out to them, which, you know, clients are like, whoa, never seen this before. Right. This makes things a lot easier yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. and answers some of the basic questions which we might not discuss in a meeting, for example. Yeah. Um, but I would love to become more streamlined to then have more contact with clients and right. to bring them to make it a huge difference to their businesses way more than we do now. Mm. Um, and for our team as well to have flexibility, I'd love to give them the opportunity because uh, we, we hear about kind of unlimited holidays and things like that. Yeah, it's resorts not, only work week and yeah. so on. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not so easily implemented. No. Um, that's something that I'd love to work towards um, because right. I think that if you do have a team that is engaged, then your business will essentially kind of grow without you needing to put as much effort into it as you know as you do when it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's driven as much by others as it is by you, and therefore it's less. The, a, the business is less reliant on you. B, the future growth of the business is less reliant on you if you can get that level of engagement around that discretionary effort, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, every day I'm evaluating new technologies. Um, although we are pretty advanced, I'd say. Uh, in what we use within our industry, mm. everyone will get to where we are at one point yeah, <laughs> with legislation be, yeah, and so just, on. Absolutely, yeah. You know, this will uh, be the norm. So yeah. I don't want to. I, I've said to my, I don't want to st- to my team. I don't want to stick kind of to in this position where we are right now. Yeah, we're in a really privileged position. We've worked hard for it, but we need to keep going because things change on a daily basis. So you have to. Bear in mind that I will come at you with all kinds of new apps on a daily basis and say, guys, have you heard of this? Do you think this will make a change? Do you think this will help um, kind of make a difference to how the client communicates with us or make a certain process a lot more efficient? It could be that we get rid of some apps that we have right now and replace them with others. So it's constant, constant kind of analyzing, seeing what's out there and seeing how we can change that relationship and quality of service. Fab, 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 fab. Brill, 
Um, this has been fabulous. Thank you very much. Last uh, question of, of, of all the subject, all the things that we've touched on today in and around humanizing the numbers for clients, humanizing the numbers for team members, uh, you know, embracing change, uh, you know, client care, client contact, relationship, personal, you know, all the things that we've covered off. Um, what's made you think more about you and your business, Ariona, or if you prefer, what do you think is has been of most value for an accountancy firm who's looking to embrace change like you have? What What do you think of, of everything we've covered stands out as being of, of most importance or of most value? To be honest, personally, as a practice owner, it's getting some of my life back. Right. So Doing the things used... that get your life back. Honestly, right, because I've realised we're not on this earth for that long. And I was stuck on working seven days a week. And whilst doing everything that I was doing, I was running the business and working till 1, 2 a.m. in the morning. Mm. And that's not something, you know, my daughter saying, mummy, mummy, mummy next to me while someone left. I'm like, hold on one second, I've just got to do this. She needs my time as well. I'm working hard to give her a better life, right? But yeah. I actually want to be there whilst uh, to see how she's enjoying that life and the smile on her face. I want to create those memories. So yeah, although yeah. we're building a successful business, it's I actually want to live it, you know. I, I want yeah. to enjoy my time. So from going from seven days a week to five days a week, for for me, was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my parents actually now, they went from seven to two days a week. And I said to them, you've worked hard all your life and now you're going to get close to kind of going on pension. What have you done in this time? What do you remember of the last 20 yeah. years? us working seven days a week. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I want you to have memories where, yes, you worked hard, but you also enjoyed your life and played hard. So yeah. I'm trying to give them that back, give that to myself before it's too late because I don't want my daughter to grow up and yeah, you know yeah. her not remembering me being there. But I want the same for my team as well. So how, giving them that flexibility that blend. because although we work, yes, we want to obviously make as much money as possible, but... What is uh, what? What are we doing in our life? What's the quality of life looking like? Yeah. And I think this has been one of the main drivers um, for me. And now I'm so I used to work seven days a week, all hours, and now I'm working four, if I'm right. realistic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I can take my daughter to school. I can yeah. pick her up. Yeah. I'm not on my phone whilst I'm going to school checking emails. I'm talking to her and just just being with her. And that's that's something that is super important, I think. Um, and that's what this business has, this change has allowed me uh, to have. Because you made it happen, it sounds to me, which is uh, all credit to you. Uh, there was, I tried. Uh, well, no, I thought, yeah, we, you know, like Yoda said, there is no try. There's just do or do not. You clearly have done it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, plenty and you will be doing more, I'm sure. Um, Ariana, once upon a time, and just to stick with the Star Wars metaphor, in a galaxy far, far away, uh, someone uh, was quizzing me like we've uh, had this discussion. And what do you want for your future? And so I just want to make sure I've got quality time with the kids. And uh, he says, do you know what the definition of quality time with the kids is? And I go, no, go on. And he said, it's just time with the kids. So the more time... But then it was like, oh, and that just shifted my uh, approach to the exactly. way we work with our, you know, four children. You've got one, one on the way. It's, um, yeah. it was, it was, a, it was like one of those moments where you go, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> now your exactly. parents did very well because they made you go to work at 13. <laughs> <laughs> 
we spent time together, right? Brilliant. Ariana, this has been a complete joy. I really appreciate you taking time out of your um, your, your your busy calendar to uh, invest in the Humanise the Numbers podcast. Thank you very, very much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You'll find more valuable discussions with the leaders of ambitious accounting firms at humanisethenumbers.online. You can also sign up to be notified each time a new podcast is made available. This podcast series, Humanise the Numbers, has been made possible thanks to the support of our sponsors, My Work Papers, Advanced Track, Satago and VFD Pro. Visit humanisethenumbers.online Click the logo of each sponsor and you'll hear what our podcast interviewees have to say about the sponsor's services. You're about to hear a short excerpt from a podcast interview with David Hassel, founder of XU, but also the owner and leader of an accountancy firm. If you like what you hear, please go to your favourite podcast platform or go to humanisethenumbers.online and listen to the full podcast. Like I said, we, we used to do the typical year-end meeting and I always feel like a bit of a lemon walking in and it's just you're presenting all this stuff that happened previously. And I was like, I, I don't like this. And I was thinking... If I was sitting in their shoes, I would find this completely pointless. Um, and they always do. And the typical thing is, well, what do you mean I've made that much profit? Where's it gone? It's, it's just the same thing happens every single time. And the biggest gripe was for clients who come to us. So I remember we had a six month period where we had huge amounts of onboardings. And every single client that came to us was like, well, the problem is, is I never really hear from my accountant anyway. And then when I do, it's really after the year end and at the deadline and all of that. I said, well, let's just go the complete opposite. Let's do the complete pendulum effect and really wow these people. Um, and let's just see what happens. And it really worked because they really appreciate it. We find that we chat to lots of our clients throughout the year anyway, and they'll WhatsApp us and whatever it may be. And, and, and that just helps because when you get to those points, it's not like you've got loads of stuff stored up on either side that you need to discuss. It's saying, actually, we, we know what's cracking off. Let's just do a bit of a deep dive. Um, so, and, and that's where we did it. Cause I thought actually we really want to add value to these clients because then we can turn around and truly say, look, we've done you a really good job in terms of from our sake. So we can, we, we can feel good. Actually, we've done a good job. We know for them, they're going to get true value out of it. And then it can have an impact on what they're doing then as well. Mm-hmm.